Hi and welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved and understood. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 63. In today's episode, we escape lockdown, not physically, but mentally. We are discussing books, ones that can take you out of your four walls, give you an adventure of your own. Um, There's a book, I think, for everyone. We talk about all sorts of genres and we each give our own um, recommendation of a spiritual book. I really hope you pick up one of these books Um, just to strengthen your faith life in a time where I think um, our faith is really, really necessary. Um, One of the women on the podcast, her name's Daphne, she also has a podcast and it's called The Unseen Hook, which is a podcast that looks at books. So if you're looking for another book that's not mentioned in today's episode, hop on over there and uh, see what she's got going. Um, I hope that you are safe, that you are healthy and that you are really, really using this time to reconnect with your, the, the people right in front of you and strengthening your faith because it is so necessary. Um, know that you're all in my prayers and I hope you have a really beautiful day. Okay, it's now been week seven of lockdown. Um, It has been five weeks of home learning and I think we need an escape plan. (laughs) So I've uh, decided that the only way we can escape our four walls are through books and movies. So uh, competition for the television for anything that is remotely uh, technical is under under stress I think in every household so books are probably our best bet Mm -hmm. so I have two avid readers on the podcast today and we're going to talk about how we escape in lockdown so Claire could you introduce yourself so my name's Claire I have five kids the eldest is nine the youngest is just about to turn one Um, I'm usually a high school drama and English teacher but the moment I'm full-time at home with the kids and I live um, in the Blue Mountains and yeah just trying to get through uh, being a high school teacher doesn't help me too much with all this home learning I have to do for primary kids because I don't think I passed year three maths so (laughs) struggling through. (laughs) Thank you and Daphne could you give us a little bio of who you are? Sure. I'm Daphne. I've been married for 10 years to my husband, Andrew, and we have five kids as well. So the eldest is about to turn 10 and the youngest is three and a half, nearly four months old. And um, um, by profession, I'm a spatial analyst. Spatial, not special. Spatial <laughs> analyst. Glad you clarified that. I thought, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I haven't done that for a couple of years. So that's uh, on the back burner while being a full-time mum and home manager and just general picker-upper of toys and cleaner of mess and soother of sores and all that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, 
a woman of many, many hats. Right. right. Both are. <laughs> Fantastic. So how's lockdown treating you both? Are you enjoying this? <laughs> Claire? Um, well, I, you know, there's highs and lows. Like I, there's a lot to be grateful for, I think, you know, living in a like, um, beautiful place, lots of trees around, beautiful weather, um, you know, with people I love. But then, you know, it's also um, I really miss, I really miss being in crowds of people. I miss seeing, you know, my family, my friends, other lots of other adults. You know, my poor husband has to be the one who takes all my chatting at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, so much to be grateful for and I, you know, you think compared to so many people are doing it tough. So I keep reminding myself of that really. That's right. My my, When you said you miss being in crowds of people, I have a 92-year-old neighbour mm. and i um been taking her coffee, you know, just getting her coffee from the coffee shop and bringing it up. And I said to her, are you all right? And she said, I'm just really, really bored. Yeah. So you go, well, take your coffee down to the park, just sit in the park and watch the kids, watch the people walk past. And she said, am I allowed to do that? Oh. Yes. So, yeah, I said, of course you are. Just take yeah. your mask and watch people. You know, yeah. there's something to be said to being included in something than being mm -hmm. isolated. Yeah. About you, Daph, how are you coping? I think we're coping um, reasonably well, actually. So uh, the kids have adjusted pretty well. The first week was quite hard when they're all sort of getting used to each other again and they start fighting. And, you know, that when they're in school uh, term, they're not they're not used to being spending so much time around each other and um, and they seem to forget what each other's quirks are or I don't know, like then when they get back together again, there's all this little fighting and then after a week or so, they, they seem to settle. So now we're in the happy settled period um, for the most part. Uh, still, you know, the usual frictions. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'm introverted and don't really – and a homebody and – don't like crowds of people um so I'm okay and my poor husband has to put up with me all the time as well so yeah I don't know I think I think we're going okay has anyone uh, got a COVID belly yet uh, <laughs> yeah well I'm coping by cooking all the time yeah so yeah. I'm like cooking sourdough bread every day cookies cakes mm -hmm. so yeah I'll yeah. probably be enormous by the end <laughs> yeah I've still got, I've just got my baby belly, which hasn't gone away at all. So I lost like the five kilos of the baby and all the extras that come with the baby. Yeah. And then, and then I think I started to make a little bit of progress before lockdown. Once lockdown hit, that was it. It's like, yeah. now, it's, now it's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> it's here to stay. That's right. I know. I'm, I put, cause I go into work one day a week and I put my work clothes on and I think, oh man, they're getting tight. <laughs> anyway all right anything funny happened does anyone have any funny stories to to you know pick up the morale of those poor mums out there that are not doing as well as you two nothing uh, I think Claire needs to go first <laughs> I, know, I know my my seven-year-old have you got one yeah my seven-year-old son announced to me this morning actually that he wants to build a man cave yeah and in his man cave, he's going to have an esky full of his favourite drinks and um, a popcorn machine and a fairy floss maker, you name it. Nice. He wants it. 
And a mini fridge. Yes. I thought, where on earth does he get this from? Good dreams. Sounds like heaven. (laughs) I love his man cave. I didn't even know he knew what a man cave was. Anyway, that's that's, that's as funny as it gets in my house at the moment. (laughs) Well, my my three-year-old's obsessed with Frozen at the moment. And um, poor my son was complaining. He said, Mom, I'm just so sick of princess movies. And she turned to him and she said, Excuse me, Elsa is not a princess. She is a queen. (laughs) Just hung his head in shame. (laughs) We've had a few COVID haircuts. They're very (laughs) good. Oh, nice. Yeah. They're pretty bad. Anyway. My my four-year-old, she's, since we're talking about kids stories, I I thought of something else, but I think kids stories are always good. And she, so Giselle, she is all over our new baby. She absolutely loves him. She's just like a little mother. She smothers me and him while I'm breastfeeding him. So she's like, okay, everybody, um, we're, we're going to breastfeed Ruben now. So everybody just stay away. I'm like, just like, get off me. We are not feeding this baby. I am. And then yesterday morning, she said to me, mommy, when I grow up, I'm going to have 6,500 children and you can live next door. I'm like, wow, that's, that sounds nice. And, she, and I'm, she's like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm like, so what do you want me to do? She's like, you can help me look after the kids. We can go driving together. I'm like, what sort of car are we going to have with, you know, 6,500 children? Yeah. She's like, one like ours. You know, we've got a Kia Carnival. I'm like, that's an eight-seater. I don't know how we're going to fit all of those many grandchildren into the car. But, oh, they're just so funny. Especially yeah. that age, four-year-olds. Yeah, there's a very you know, positive mum that she's so excited to have that many children, Dad. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take the compliment. get in their head. Just how their mind ticks. It's amazing. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start. You clearly, both of you, have a very, very, very busy home life. So, and you're both readers. So how do you manage to fit in books when your home life is extremely busy. Claire, how do you do that? Um, well, I always I always read before I go to sleep. So even if I have a nap in the afternoon or um, and at night. And then um, I don't know if I should admit this, but if I get the chance to have a bath, I will always take a book to the bath because you can lock the door. <laughs> uh, and I've never dropped a book in the bath. Um, Interesting. And- Yes. Uh, and to me, like, I just have, feel like I just have to read. It sort of reminds me, especially this time in lockdown, because it sort of reminds you that you're human again and that we're all the kind of, we're all the same. We're all going through the same sort of emotions and, you know, our emotions are not anything different to everyone else. And it just sort of, it just so cheers me up even if you're reading about something really sad or different from you, it's just so cheering because we're like, okay, I'm just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I love it. What about you, Daph? How do you carve out time for books? Do you do you run a bath too? Am I the only <laughs> one that doesn't run a bath? I, I do not run a bath. So, yeah, you're my hero, Mum. Um, we have a big enough bath, actually. Like, I'm quite tall. So um, when we bought our house and well, we built it, um, we thought, Andrew and I thought, oh, you know, sounds great. We'll get a bath and we'll be able to soak in it. I think I've had a bath like three times in 10 years or something. Like yeah. it just it just hasn't worked out, but it's big enough. So it'll happen one day. Um, how do I carve out time? 
Well, I listen to audiobooks and uh, I do that while I'm doing whatever chores around the house, whatever driving, uh, which hasn't happened much lately, not much driving in lockdown. Um, and then I read before bed as well. So, yeah, that's a big one. Sometimes when I'm breastfeeding, I'll read as well. But, yeah, there tends to be a lot of kids around. and I then I get really- manage breastfeeding and reading books because I couldn't hold hold the, the baby and the boob and the book all in one. Yeah, exactly, yep. It, it's taken me five children to work it out and a breastfeeding course. And it turns out if I put a, like, you know, strategically place a pillow and a towel and, like, all these <laughs> paraphernalia, I can have a free hand. So, anyway, that's um, the joys. I'm so impressed with those mums that could feed and have their hands free. And like- walk and walk at the same time. <laughs> I, I used to do that, but that my hands still weren't free. I'd I'd be uh, in the kitchen breastfeeding, screaming, oh, children. yeah, it wasn't wasn't pretty. I can I can tell you now. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is I've asked Claire, both Claire and Daphne, if they could choose two um, secular books and two spiritual books to talk about. Um, and then we'll, we'll run a, a top five, you know, just give them a list of five books that you'd really recommend people to read. So, Claire, would you like to start? Yeah, so um, the two secular books, the first one I was thinking to talk about, um, so thinking what people would love in this time, one thing I was thinking is Miranda Hart's Is It Just Me?, Mm. Um, which is I've listened actually I don't think I've I've read half of it in the book form but I've listened to it about three times Mm. Um, and it's just so so funny (laughs) and it's sort of so comforting because she's just like um, you know puts you into these awkward situations and you realize okay we're all just the same we've all gone through these ridiculous situations Um, and she's just got such a um, you know cheering attitude to life that that would cheer anyone up to read that mm-hmm. one. And I think the audio version is the best, better than reading, I don't know, just because she acts it out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is by Amanda Klutz and it's called Live Your Life. Um, so that's about um, it's about her husband who died of COVID actually. But it's not really, which I was thinking maybe people don't, wouldn't want that because, you know, you don't want to think about it more. Yeah. But 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 it's not really about that is it could be about it, he could be dying of anything and it's just her attitude to the whole situation because she's very extremely positive um like that's her attitude is to live life with a glass half full and to have that attitude and she sort of prays her way through the whole situation and it increases her faith through the whole situation um and she sings and she dances and she like loves him and her lips she has a little baby with her um she already has a baby with her husband um and you know from the very start so I'm not giving it away that he passes away mm-hmm. um but as but it's somehow it's strangely a very positive book um mm-hmm. and it really encourages you to exercise too for some reason because she's a Broadway star so you feel very positive about the idea of exercising um <laughs> and then hold so, again yeah, um put it what was it called again it's called live your life Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a very beautiful book. Um, I stumble across that. It's clearly oh, recently. So I, I listened to. I have this. Um, I listened to audiobooks on Audible, but this one's on Scribd. But it's a New York bestseller. Um, 
she wrote it. He only died a year ago, but she she wrote it with her sister, who is a screen, um, who is a writer herself. So they wrote it together, um, and yeah, it's really well written. Um, so I'd recommend that one. And then the two um, some more religious ones. Um, first one is My Sisters the Saints by Colleen Carroll Campbell. Um, so I read that first when I was on a retreat. My sister gave it to me and I just couldn't put it down. Um, it was just like crying through the whole thing. It was just the most beautiful, unique book that I've ever read. Um, and I think it, it taught me for the first time, you know, that like you go through different stages in your life and you always have to grow spiritually with each new sort of challenge that happens in your life. Mm. Um, and you know anyone I've ever given this book I lend it to like lots of friends they always love it she's such a humble um, humble writer sort of mm. always like learning from the saints learning in her faith she's not at all didactic or bossy mm. um, so I'd recommend very honest too I find her writing so very honest. honest yeah yeah so from the heart yeah mm. um, and then the other one is consecration to Saint Joseph yeah. um so which I think you have to mention in this year of St. Joseph. And I think, uh, so I, I read this book, um, I was listening to the podcast Messy Parenting and she was saying that she was reading it, but not, she wasn't putting pressure on herself to do the consecration straight away. She was just reading through it. Um, so that's what I did. Mm. And I'll probably do it, um, do the consecration as well later. But well, it's for the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. And, but he, it brings him alive so um, so powerfully, St. Joseph, that honestly he's like he's a real figure in my mind now, which he wasn't so much. He was sort of a vague idea in my head. But he's honestly, he's such a strong figure in my head. I can go to him really quickly, like just, you know, so directly now because it's so powerful in this book. It's like a, a portrait, you know. He sort of paints a bit each day of what he was like. Then you can really... Um, see his face after reading this book mm. which he makes is, him a real person doesn't he that's right yeah yeah it's so mm. so helpful you so know that, Claire, after we last uh, spoke i went and bought um online from amazon i got i bought that book the father john calloway one and um heart of perfection so after we talked about them i thought that's it my birthday's coming up i'm gonna get these two books and give them to andrew to give to me for my birthday has your birthday happened yet no, not yet. It's coming up like in a couple of weeks, but but you yeah. haven't opened them yet. <laughs> they haven't arrived. I only I only ordered them like last week or something. But yeah, I'd been thinking about it, and then I thought my birthday's coming. I'm just going to get them. Yeah, yeah, it was so worth it. Yeah. Definitely. So that's Father Don Calloway's book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. And when yes. is the end of the year of Saint Joseph? Is it with the calendar year, or is it with the? Yeah, year? I think it's November the twenty first. I think. That it started on the 21st of November. Oh, okay. Don't quote me on that, but I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Because it was before It was before Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, I um, those two books you mentioned, Claire, are beautiful. The authors, <laughs> I've read a few of um, Colleen Carol Campbell's books and I've Father Don Calloway also has an autobiography of his story and his story is incredible. Oh wow. Yeah. He was a he was a dope smoking surfer. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um and now he's this fantastic 
you know, dynamic priest too. Yeah, yeah. I have to say the cover is not very attractive, but um, mm. yeah, it's one of the icons. Yeah, I mean it's beautiful, but I don't know. It just doesn't do it justice. What mm. it like I think mm-hmm. somehow the book is very powerful. I think. Mm. Oh, it's it's yeah. He, mm. He's um Saint Joseph is really really moving this year. Even yeah. yesterday we we celebrated um the feast day of um Saint Mary of the Cross, our first Australian Saint Mary MacKillop. And she's a Josephite. And mm-hmm. He's even got his finger there. Like he's, yeah, yeah. he, um, he really is the quiet achiever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I think it's good for mums too because we're always like struggling to get back to sleep or we're, our sleep is broken. So I don't know. And he seemed to be always the Holy Spirit was coming to him in his sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I think about him a lot when I'm, my sleep is broken, my sleep is, dis- I don't know, he comes to you in your sleep, which is so helpful for mums, I reckon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that statue or that, that of him sleeping, St. Joseph. Yeah, resting. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I found he's been really good for helping to deal with, um, you know, si- sudden changes of situation or changes of plan. And you know how spontaneous everything is when you've got kids, it seems. And, you know, in the uh, the letter by Pope Francis, uh, Patris Corday, and he's talking about how St. Joseph uh, was able to just, like, embrace these sudden change of plans that sort of God kind of dumped on him. Like yeah. in his sleep, yeah. the angel would be like, okay, get up, we're going, you know, time to go to Egypt. It's like, yeah. well, could you have given me a day's notice or something? Yeah. But now he's like, get up now, you know, wake up, go to Egypt. Yeah. And and St. Joseph was just able to go, well, okay, this is this is what we're doing now. This is part of my story, just embracing it and, and rolling with it. And, yeah. you know, that sort of detachment from your own plans and, um, you know, it encompasses a sort of patience as well. That yeah. has been very helpful for me with St. Joseph this year. So, yeah, I think it was very providential that Pope Francis um, has called on the, on St. Joseph for this year. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, so I think it was November because before uh, COVID really took hold. Yeah. Uh, of Australia anyway. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like kind of like, wow. And it's it seems to rearing its ugly head again all over the world. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very providential. And St. Joseph also had his own fiat, like Our Lady. Um, mm. He didn't fully understand what, you know, the Holy Spirit was asking of him, what the angels were asking of him, but he did it anyway. Mm. Um, it's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I um, I love your recommendations, Claire. Fantastic. What about you, Daphne? Well, I've got, so for something secular, I've got just general escapism is my thing, um, you know, especially during COVID. Otherwise, I like things that are enriching or educational. Um, but yeah, I'm going for escapism. So I've got A Bloody Habit by Eleanor Berg Nicholson, and that's published by Ignatius Press um, uh, in 2018. Um, so it's sort of a Victorian Gothic vampire fiction novel. And it's not super scary, so it's okay for people, you know, if you're not into, like, really um, scary movies and scary books, it's okay because I can read it and I am i don't like scary movies and scary books. But I didn't read it at night, so there you go. I, sometimes, I, you know, I, I read before bed, but this book I didn't read before bed. So um, it's really, it's, 
it's a great rollicking read. I couldn't put it down. Um, that, that was one that I would read while I was breastfeeding. It's a really good story. Like the, the storyteller, she's a Catholic. And um, I don't know if you've read other Catholic or Christian fiction where you sort of, you feel like it's a bit cringy and they're being a bit preachy, you know, trying to get some sort of message across. But really I think the author has focused on on just great storytelling. And she's she's obviously, you know, a natural storyteller. She's also um, uh, like a Victorian, um, not academic, what do you call it? Anyway, she sort of studies a lot of Victorian lit- lit- literature and she's edited the, um, the Ignatius Press of, um, edition of um, Dracula as well. So she's right into sort of all this stuff. It's kind of like a whodunit. There's a there's a Father Brown type character and he's really okay. funny and, and um, very wise and exudes peace and he's just, he's a great character and he's a vampire slayer. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, no, it's just really good. And it sort of takes you into Victorian London and you sort of just like the the sense of place. It's almost like a character in itself. It's so, like, she just does that so well. She paints London really well. So did um, you read that in a physical copy or was that an audio book? That was a physical book, yep. Okay. And you yep. didn't read that at night. So I <laughs> didn't. time. Oh, uh, I know. But there was a couple of, there were a couple of scenes in it that, like, I just thought, well, I, I, I want to be able to fall asleep quickly <laughs> and just not not be um you know being haunted by these images in the but I mean it's not it's not super scary but yeah, I, I, I scare I, really I easily you must yeah I do <laughs> that's probably why I don't read read crime fiction normally Claire <laughs> yeah I love the more scary the better when I go to sleep then I'm like ah oh, go to bed easily <laughs> you have nightmares Claire Oh, no, 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 no. It just helps me go to sleep. Like, oh, that was a bit scary. Oh, okay, off to sleep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No way. No. Yeah. I can't watch any scary movies or anything like at nighttime. I'm just, I'm hopeless with that kind of thing. Really? And, yeah, hopeless. Yeah. No exorcisms. No, like, ghosty kind of things. Zombies. Not even zombies. <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> Okay, so my second book was Peace Like a River by Leif Enger. Yeah, I love that. Yes, so that is set in Dakota, the Dakotas. So last time I think we were talking about these books and I just couldn't work out, couldn't remember what was yeah, set. We said mid, mid, the Midlands of, of America. Yeah. Dakotas, the Dakotas. Okay, so are they in the middle of the States? I think so. You know what, I'd have to look at a map. I don't really know. I had to Google it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, they're in the Dakotas. Yeah, and this is sort of, sort of has a a modern Western type feel. It's a slow burn. Like this, this story takes a long time mm. to sort of um, materialize. But I it's, was tempted to put it down at first. Yes, yes, but I'm starting to love. Uh, well, I love these kind of stories that take a while. You have to be you have to be in the in the right mindset for it. Yeah. When was it written, have... Daphne? Sorry, when was when it? When was it written? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I have it over there on my bed. I'll go and have a look. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> contemporary or? Yeah, it's contemporary. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's not. Oh, it's his debut novel. So, yeah, he's still alive as well. <laughs> so it's pretty okay. recent. Okay, the recent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep talking and I'll let you know. Um, yeah, so it's it's like a modern Western type story. It's mm-hmm. beautifully written. There's... A few really funny moments in it, and um, and the and the protagonist, one Reuben Land, 
um, is the namesake of our son, Ruben. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> my, um, I, I gave the book to my husband to read uh, after I'd finished with it, and he's not a big reader at all, but he loved this. Like, he couldn't put it down. I was really surprised. Mm. And after he'd finished, he was like, wow, I really like that name Ruben. I'm like, huh, okay. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's on the names list, the baby names list, and then we've we've got a kid called Ruben. So <laughs> there it is. 2001. 2001. Okay. Yes. Ruben Joseph, I will say. There's another namesake there too. <laughs> so, yeah, that's highly recommended. And I think it's, you know, during COVID lockdown, you've, I think you've got a bit more time for things that take time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good book for now. Um, and then my two more religious books were, um, neither neither of these I've read uh, recently, but one of them uh, I read about 18 months ago, and it's called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary by Brant Peter, mm-hmm. or Peter, I'm not sure of the pronunciation, P-I-T-R-E. And that's, um, it's just, it's beautiful. That was recommended to me by a friend um, for my spiritual reading. And it's about 200 pages long. It's it's not very long. And uh, the author is a professor. So I think he used to be a professor of Jewish archaeology. And so he, you know, he, he's got this whole background of um, ancient Judaism and um, Jewish writings. And, um, and he just teaches so much about Our Lady by looking at what came sort of before she sort of appears in the Bible, sort of, you know, all this anticipation of her in rabbinic writings and um, and in the Old Testament. Um, and he teaches that our beliefs about Mary uh, are really deeply rooted in in ancient Christianity and, and Judaism. So, you know, I guess um, this, is re- this book has really helped me to have a new, I guess a new... Um, new eyes for Our Lady and just sort of understanding a bit more her importance for not just not just Catholics but the whole world. Yeah. Um, and he emphasises frequently in the book that if you want to understand what the Bible teaches you about Mary, you've got to make sure that you begin with what it teaches about Jesus. So that's, you know, where its name comes from. So it's it's just really beautiful. And the way that he he's laid out the book, um, you can tell he's a professor, so it feels like you're being taught by him. But it's it's very it's very deep. Um, but it's very accessible. It's beautiful. So, so that it's was not really long. Fun. You said no. It's only two hundred pages. Okay. Yeah, long. Um, and then the other one was "Searching for and Maintaining Peace: A Small Tree Ties on Peace of the Heart" by Jacques Philippe. So that's beautiful. one of my, I think, top five, maybe top five books of all time. So you think, Daphne? I've been thinking recently. Be good to have Jacques Philippe just sort of following you around all the time. Just yeah. Yep. Whispering. Whispering. Yeah. I went on a retreat and he was um, the speaker. That's so good. Yeah, but he had a translator. So um, his voice was just so beautiful and soothing, but I didn't know what he was saying. And then when the translator spoke, it was like it was second-handed, so it didn't have – you just wanted to understand what he was saying in French. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, but I just wish I could have understood French. All those years of learning French at school did not help me. No. Oh, what a waste. <laughs> if I'd known, I would have listened probably harder. <laughs> he just looks so lovely as well. Have you seen him on the, the picture of him on the back of his book? He's or whatever? So cute. Oh, he's he so looks so like his eyes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. He looks so gentle and just like, just like, you know, you're like a great, a lovely great uncle might be or something like you just want to go up and hug him. Just, yeah. Just lovely. I don't know. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. I know this is probably shocking news to both of you. Scandalous. (laughs) Neither am I. Don't worry. Oh, good. good. Oh, Claire. Sorry, sorry. His heart kind of is is that Gandalf figure. Am I wrong? In saying yeah, that? Gandalf. Jacques yeah. Felix is kind of like Gandalf. Oh no, maybe like a Dumbledore. Do you think, or maybe a bit more Dumbledore? Yeah. No, I don't watch Lord of the Rings, but just the look of like when I've seen a picture of Gandalf. Yeah, it's definitely a wizard. I can see where you're going. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Okay, it just shows that I have no idea what's going on in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> He's certainly got the wise element of wizard. Yes. Okay. He's got the wise thing going. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so that's my second spiritual book. And just because any time that I've had moments where I've felt that I'm losing my peace or I've had big decisions to make and I couldn't quite be at peace with either, you know, options that I'd be weighing up or whatever, that book has just really helped me, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in difficult moments. So, Yeah. Again, very, very short, but really, really helpful. Yeah, I was going to say it's tiny, but it packs a punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a very gentle punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it's gentle. Cool. Yeah. You can't imagine Jacqueline punching. In the sense that it is full loaded of. Yeah, absolutely. Of absolutely. <laughs> any, any Jacques Philippe book I think I could recommend. Yeah. yeah. I've read about nine of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all so beautiful mm-hmm. um, and there will be a book study just not yet <laughs> mm. uh, with with one of his books um have you done both your secular books you have haven't you yep all right well i'll give you mine i have american dirt by janine cummins um it was recently written i think it came out in 2020 um and it's written in the present day without COVID. Um, but it's the story of this Mexican woman who has to escape Mexico with her eight-year-old, seven-year-old son. Um, and they are undocumented and they have to get from the bottom of Mexico across the border uh, to America. And it is compelling reading and it's chilling because it was they were just your average family she ran a bookshop her husband was a um a journalist and he had written an article about the drug cartels and mm. then they were then they assassinated they they went and massacred everybody in his family and the oh I, I won't say any more but the the wife and the son had to escape mm. and it is fantastic mm. i absolutely loved it mm. um, a really, really good read. Um, maybe, Daphne, you won't want to read it at night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's just chilling, like just what, what people go through Yeah, yep. for freedom. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing, even like to the point of they had to ride on the tops of trains, like jump onto the trains as they were moving. Can you imagine doing that with a seven-year-old son? Mm. Yeah. And then tying him with a belt so he wouldn't roll off. And, oh goodness. And they did, anyway, just incredible stuff. Really, 
I can't, it was a really good read. So American Dirt is one. Mm. And the other one, um, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. She's written quite a few books. Um, they're all really good except for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say it was fantastic, but um, it was good. But all her others are um, incredible. Like she has real insight into um, human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, The Nightingale, is set in France in World War Two, and it's the story of two sisters um, surviving when the Germans occupied France and how and just trying to live with you know having these soldiers living in their house and you know just horrific stuff and having to um, hide children and all sorts of things just but great a really really good story um, so they're my two secular books um, and they will keep you entertained and take you out of your four walls for sure yeah definitely. Um, and my two spiritual books, He and I by Gabrielle Bosses. Uh, Getting Back to Don't Judge a Book by its Cover. If you have the old edition of this book, you would not even think about picking it up. Mm. It really is ugly, but it is profoundly beautiful. Mm. Who's that? Is that Ruben? Oh, yes. I had to pick him up. Okay. Andrew, just said, Andrew just said he's tried to put him down four times and he's just screaming his head off. Poor baby. Okay, I do. Okay, okay. All right, there we go. Okay. It wouldn't be natural if we talked for a whole hour with one baby coming in or something. I know. It'd be strange. I know. Oh, he's so upset. Oh, has he got real tears? Yes, real tears. Oh, no. I could hear him screaming in the other room and I'm like, oh, I can't concentrate. <laughs> it's just, it's just at night he seems to be very unsettled. It's okay. All right, I'll try and settle him anyway. No worries. You, you can mute me if you want while you're speaking. I don't think I can. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'll just tell you about Gabriel Bosis. Um, he and I, it is such a beautiful book. It's kind of interior conversations. It's a diary um, type book. She, it's, it is her diary entries um, of conversations she has in prayer with Jesus and herself. Mm. And the language that she writes, that Jesus speaks to her, is heart language. And it is so tender and simple and um, just beautiful and it really opened my eyes to show me personally that um I it was the kind of language that Jesus speaks to me and I've all for for forever I've always thought that maybe my prayer life was quite um childlike Mm -hmm. um and I, I really connected with her and how he spoke to her and it is so beautiful so I encourage anyone to um, pick up that book Mm. it's really beautiful and the other one is um, personal prayer a guide for receiving the father's love by father Boniface Hicks and I think it was last year it's a new book let me just see I think it was um, published last year Uh, while I'm looking he was an atheist Mm. And he, um, at, yeah, 2020, this book was published. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, he was an atheist and he kind of um, had no spiritual upbringing at all, religious upbringing. Um, and he kind of assumed that all intelligent people um, would naturally assume the position of um, you know, being an atheist, that God didn't exist. And anyway, one day at uni, he was um, approached by an evangelical Christian. Um, good on the evangelical Christians for being so bold and brave and courageous. Go them. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I was so happy when I heard that. I just mm-hmm. thought, that's good on them. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to learn from them. Anyway, um, so this evangelical asked him to join a Bible study, just a one-on-one Bible study with him. So he did, and he ended up um, realising, so he, he's, he's a real thinker, so he a lot of research into Christianity, and then he eventually realised that um, Catholicism was the full ex- expression of Christianity, and mm. he ended up becoming a Catholic. Then he, be, then he became a um, Benedictine monk. Wow. Oh, he, if you can look up anything about him on YouTube, please mm. do it. He, What's his name? Dr. Uh, Father Boniface? Father Boniface Hicks. I'll leave it all in the show notes, but he is a gem, mm. absolute gem. And this book um, is for anyone who, do, like people who don't know how to start to pray, people mm. who do pray but want a deeper relationship with Jesus. Mm. Um he is just so good. I can't. I I promise to lend it to so many people, and I still can't part with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't bring myself to let it go because I don't want it lost. It is mm-hmm. such a good book. Maybe you need two copies: a lending copy and the and the yeah, book. Yeah. I know but they're so expensive. Anyway. Oh, I know books are. Yeah, and uh, this one only comes in a hardcover. I think. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe not if you bought it on Amazon, actually, mm-hmm. but. At um, the Cardinal Cardinal Newman Centre, and he has a hard copy. If they're a true friend, you can say, "No, I really want this book back." That's yeah, I know. I I think I'm going to part with it tomorrow because I've got someone that I did promise it to, but I'm going to have to say, "Can I have a vial of your blood?" Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Because he kind of brings the human experience, vulnerability, and um and our faith all in one and it is so good um can't recommend it enough so personal prayer Mm. a guide to receiving the father's love he's also done one on um spiritual direction and he's written just written a new one on saint joseph Mm. yeah it would if this book's anything to go by it that Mm. one amazing anyway they're my, have I done two? Yep, I have. They're my two. Great. Anyone got, do you want to read off your list of five just as a quick, if someone yep. wants to jot down? I'll do a quickie of, so my five, because um, Daphne, I thought of it for, um, we also named our son from this book, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. So mm-hmm. Samuel from that book. Mm-hmm. He's a great character. Um, yeah. That, yeah, it's your son, right? Samuel, yeah, he's my youngest. Yeah. yeah. That's a good book to get through yeah. you in um, lockdown. It's very long but amazing. Okay. Uh, 
All Creatures Great and Small by James Herriot, which should cheer you up in lockdown. <laughs> um, Call the Midwife by Jennifer Worth, yep. um, which will make you grateful to be a woman alive in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen by it's by her, his children, so Ernestine Gilbreth, which is very hilarious. It's nothing to do with the movie with Steve Martin. It's mm -hmm. completely different. It's an amazing book, though, very funny. Um, so it's sort of, uh, it's inspirational, I, but very funny. It's a very good book. Um, and the book that I'm reading at the moment um, is The Word is Murder by Anthony Horowitz, um, mm. which is, if you love um, murder mysteries, this is like, the book for you because it is some of the most hilarious and perfectly written um, crime novel. Not for you, Daphne, at night time. Well, <laughs> no, it's not at all scary. It's just really funny, and especially if you like English crime TV yeah. or English crime novels, then this novel will cheer you up and yeah. be very enjoyable. But well, that's not for everyone. I mean, I love Agatha Christie and Midsummer Murders. And oh well, you'll love this. He wrote, he adapted, like he wrote. Um, the guy who wrote this is the man who wrote Boyle's War. Oh, I, okay. And he's just really funny. It's just really British humor. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Just yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. You know that? Have you watched that movie Knives Out? Yeah, yes. I loved it. Yes, it's so funny. Yes, so funny, so perfect. <laughs> so that yeah. kind of crime, I, I I enjoy. Yeah, well, this you would like this. It's okay. very funny. You know what though? That movie, I I knew the blood was on her. Oh, I just gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that the. I anyway, I saw the ending well into the middle of the movie, and it kind of at the end, I thought, oh, I knew that. I saw that. But you meant to sort of sense the ending, I guess, in a crime. Okay. You meant right. to sort of like be like, yeah, I knew it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an appropriate reaction, is it? Yeah, yeah. You meant to feel like that, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it's no good if you can't sort of figure out who the main suspects are yourself. Like, I don't like those. Like, I found that with Sherlock Holmes. I could never work out where the logic was going. And then right at the very end, it's like, oh, by the way, you know, by yeah. my production, it's this guy. And you're like, what? <laughs> Did you know, is that coming? Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So when I read, show, I mean, the in, in the series, the, the one adapted with um, Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch, which I, I really liked that, um, that was quite good. But in the in the series, the, the book, the books, um, yeah, I found that. Yeah, I just couldn't get into them because it just it just seemed like the endings came out of nowhere. I don't know, that was just me. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, the last one. I was, a good friend of mine lent me the entire series of um, uh, Cormorman's Strike, written by – it's written by J.K. Rowling under yes. a pseudonym. Yeah. Which I'm really – like, it will take me the entire lockdown and more to get through all that, but um, I'm really enjoying that. It's really cool. Awesome. Good. I'll get onto that because I've been umming out about whether I should give that a go because I love Harry Potter and I love her writing. Yeah, well, you can see her style just comes across in it, and it's it's just it's just the murder. Pardon? Is that the one with the murder in the um in the apartment? Yes. Yeah, yeah I've read that. I read them. Yeah, yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, they were good. Yeah. yeah. Because I have actually not read Harry Potter, ladies. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Yeah. 
That's a crime. It's a crime. I know. But after our conversation last week, I did go and buy the audio and we have been listening to it every okay. afternoon. Awesome. And it's been fantastic. Gosh, That's which, how good. Which narrator? Which narrator? Um, Stephen Fry. Fry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, good. Got to be. <laughs> how good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a good investment because they're not cheap, but I did take your um, advice and I bought them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. The kids the kids will thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Doherty kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you want my – have we finished your top five, your five COVID reads, Stephanie? No. Uh, we haven't listed mine yet, but you can oh, go first if you want. Go for it. Okay, so I've got My Family and Other Animals, which I know you hate, Jessica, but that's okay. <laughs> I love My Family and Other Animals, and I haven't read it in ages. And I think part of it's sentimental because my dad gave it to me as an 11th birthday gift at a time when I was just getting into reading. You know, like I, I was a bit of a late bloomer with reading. Like I wasn't, you know, like my kids, my two eldest, they love reading, and they're seven and nine. And it wasn't sort of up until I was 11, 12. So dad gave me this book, and it just sort of, I got hooked and it's just so lovely like it's it's very funny this expat British family on Corfu anyway heartwarming hilarious beautiful island escape like it's got it all if you want to <clears throat> if you want to escape out of your your cold COVID lockdown hmm. um, and then for a classic I've got North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell which hmm. I love and that's another one I haven't read for a long time so that'd be nice to revisit yeah. um you know, intelligent and compelling story, which um, is set in the Victorian societies of um, north and south of England, mm-hmm. um, and, a, and a nice romance. Um, and there's an excellent, well, I think it's excellent, an excellent um, BBC TV adaption of the, of the series, sorry, of the book. Um, and then I've got Dune by Frank Herbert, which is a sci-fi, which... Mm-hmm. You guys not into sci-fi either, but that's okay. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're saying all these kind of books because I wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> if this, uh, look, Dune, total, like I'm not a massive sci-fi reader by any by any means, but this was, it just took me by surprise. The storytelling was fantastic. And there's a movie coming out um, hopefully soon in October. Um, yeah, which looks really, really good, very well cast, and it's a great director. Um and then my, so how many, how many have I done? Three. So my fourth one is A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tells, which is historical fiction, and that's um, written quite recently. I don't know the publishing date. Um, yeah, so that's on my bedside table. I should have brought it with me. Uh, and that's really, it's like peace like a river in the sense that it's a slow burn. So you've got to be prepared to commit to it. So I started reading it, I think, earlier in the year, and I put it down. I was like, eh, like I haven't got time for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just sort of let it go thinking that I wouldn't get back to it. But then when the lockdown started, I picked it up again, just thinking, well, I'll give it another go. Because it's got like it's really um, well reviewed and, you know, people love it. And I'm on this big book club on Facebook, the ABC book club, and just people love it. And I'm like, OK, well, it must must be something to it. And it's just, you know, now that I'm into it, it's just really, it's really lovely. It's philosophical and whimsical and, you know, it's got great themes of friendships and parenthood and interspersed with very funny incidents and it's this aristocrat who's been condemned by a Bolshevik tribunal in Russia and um, he's 
he's been sentenced to house arrest for life in a luxurious hotel. So anyway, it's very, very good. Highly recommended. Um, and then the final one is The Power of Showing Up by Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. So mm. I listened to that as an audio. I didn't actually read the physical book. And I find that with books that are nonfiction and um, especially things like parenting books, I find that it's better for me to listen to it because, like, I just I just don't really want to sit down and read them. Like, I, I find that yeah. I, I absorb them better if I'm if I'm doing something else while I'm listening. Where and did this you is to that sorry, one, please. Where did I get it from? No, where did you listen to it? Like what? Oh, I listened to it on Kobo. Okay. So that's the um, sort of audible equivalent that I use. But yeah. I think you could get it anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, The Power of Showing Up. So that's been very helpful for me, just um, uh, helping me to adjust my parenting style to the needs of my children, which, you know, just – you know how when you've got, well, no matter how many kids you've got, like all kids are different and you sort of have to adjust the way that you, even the way you discipline each child and the way that you show affection to each child and all those sorts of things. Um, this is, it's just really helped me. It's been a good, a good, um, a good parenting tool for me. It's so. such a tricky thing because you can and you do need to parent um, each child differently, but then the mm -hmm. other. The children see that you, are, you know, you're not treating them differently. Yeah, and that that is the hard part. It is like that is navigating their reactions and you know the other children. I mean, because mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's a it's a real struggle. It is because you don't want them to feel that they're you know uh, their needs aren't being met in you know. Oh, anyway, it's, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One and not, not the other when something they think that you're not being just and oh uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah oh, have you ever had that conversation with your kids like especially your older kids like as yes, I have I have yeah. but then they they still don't you know yeah they still don't see it as being fair yeah of course um yeah I do have the conversation mm -hmm. afterwards <laughs> because then in the moment they're seeing it the that you're being duplicate you know you're not carrying yeah. the same actions yeah and they spark up why aren't you doing that that's so unfair you didn't do that for me and mm -hmm. well the good thing is you know like from reading the bible that all through old testament new testament everyone's whinging about that too aren't they yeah like god you're just not fair like, yeah <laughs> universal yeah. feeling isn't it yep yep mm-hmm all right, they sound good. They said that that one, the yeah, yeah. In Moscow sound. How is that a big book? Am I going to be daunted? It is quite long. It is quite long. Um, but you know what? It's one that it's okay to take your time reading it. So I've gone sometimes like for three or four days at a time and not picked it up, and it's okay. Like you know, it's easy to pick up where you left off, and it's just it's a really gentle, enjoyable, fun read. But and, and you sort of feel like it's going slow for a long time and then suddenly things pick up and it turns a corner and it's it's just got really exciting. So I'm probably in the last 50 pages or so. But, um, yeah, no, it's great. I highly recommend. Okay. All right. Well, my five COVID reads, uh, Boys Follows Universe by Trent Dalton. Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was very Australian. Didn't like uh, all the shimmering skies as much. I thought it was a bit weird. It took a few mm -hmm. weird turns. Uh, the Read of God, Carol Houselander. Mm -hmm. 
Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Awesome. Where the Crawdads Sing. I know it was, it's a bit of pop. Mm. Have, you, have either of you read it? I think everybody read it last year. Uh, I didn't. I got, I got put off by all the reviews, actually. Yeah. I think everyone read it except for you two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a good book. Um, I did enjoy it. Okay. And When Breath Becomes Air, Paul Kalanithi, is that how you say it? He's yeah. Indian, I think. Um, beautiful book. Uh, a tearjerker, but a, uh, definitely a good read. Mm. Um, if you want to, um, if if suffering if suffering's your thing, sad books and death are your thing, you'll love this book. Oh, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really it's a, such a beautiful book of uh, love and the dignity of life and commitment and the joy in suffering and in death. Really mm. beautiful book. Mm. And then my five. Um, maybe I should have had more of a light-hearted one, but I suppose there's a few light-hearted ones in there. I expect you like to cry, Jess. I don't like to. It just happens. <laughs> no, I prefer to laugh at death than you know, my murder books than to cry. <laughs> no, I, I see the beauty in it. I, oh, I, I, know, I cry I know. not out of, of um, sorrow, but out of how beautiful it is. Yeah, I know. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, girls, thank you so much and for being patient and kind and um, giving your time to um, sharing a little bit of relief to all those poor women who are feeling a little bit stuck and isolated and um, are, the, are really wanting to get out and see the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Need it. Yeah, so need it. So before we go... Something that brought you joy this week, girls. Think about it. I know I've put, sprung it on you and forgot to remind you, um, but I'll go first. It gives you time to think. It actually was just a few hours ago, the sunset. I don't know whether you saw it tonight, but mm. it was spectacular. Mm. It was so beautiful. And I just stood there at my kitchen window saying, Thank you, Jesus. It was mm. so beautiful. It was just what my heart needed. So that mm. was pure joy. Claire. Uh, for me, it's been, it seems silly, but there's this owl lately. It's called mm. the, my husband told me it's the book book owl. Oh, and it's been making this sound at night that I've been hearing, like, just as I go to, like, just as I go about the house at night. And I used to always hear it when I stayed at my grandparents' house when I was a little girl, just because they didn't have, they always kept their windows wide open. And apparently it's the owl calling for, you know, it's their mating call at this time of year. But it's the most beautiful, most sad sort of sound. Um, oh. And it just makes me think of my grandparents who have passed away. And it's just, I don't know. I love this. That's so nice. Yeah, you'll have to listen out for it. It's very yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to open my windows tonight. Yeah, yeah, you, you, it would be. I think it's in the mountains at the moment, just making this beautiful sound, this very sort of melancholy, okay. sweet sound, yeah. Well, I'm in the burbs, so I'll just Google it. <laughs> it's very cute out. an audio <laughs> version. <laughs> well, you can record it, Claire, and send it to me. What you doing, Daphne? I think, I think Ruben, our, our little baby. Yeah, I mean, he's... 
probably in the last three months, he's been the most constant source of joy because he's just such, aside from being quite grumpy in the evenings, he's just a really lovely, peaceful baby. Like, and he just, all the kids absolutely adore him. And he's just so, he's just lovely. It's just nice. How lovely. You know, you know, babies. They're just yeah. beautiful. They're yeah. beautiful. I love babies. I love newborns. Yeah, um, my brother and his wife just had a newborn last week, and no one can hold him. <laughs> oh, oh, so sad because they don't stay little for very long. Yeah, and that new new baby smell like it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> so lovely. All right, one, one friend of our of my mom's. beautiful families. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, Claire, one friend of my mom said that the smell of babies is the smell of purity. No. Oh. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah. Except for when they get. Except when they poo. Except for when they've got yes. their milk stuck under their three chins and it's been. Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm going to leave it there. Did I lose you all? No, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, girls, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your COVID. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Jess. See ya. Bye. 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 All right. I start.